Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Beyonce sits late, Shantae, you stay, you say that's fishy, well I say he's dishy, we say that's fierce, so sing all my queers, don't go nowhere, just prick up your ears, the word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regards to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT community and in pop culture at large. My name's Brendy Ford, and this is my fabulous co-host, Lenny. Ah, hey, Brendy. Hey, darling. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow the show at, at Word of the Gay on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and join the Word of the Gay Facebook group. We've got a new word this week. Oh yeah, we do. You can reveal it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's friend of Dorothy. Oh, and I am so excited about this week's word. Yeah, <laughs> so excited. <laughs> So, you know that, like, the term friend of Dorothy is a bit of an old-fashioned code word that the gays used to use. Yes, I certainly haven't heard it yeah. oh, I ever. Love it. I love it. So, back in, like, the 40s and 50s and possibly even, like, early 60s, gays used to use the term friend of Dorothy when trying to suss out if another male was gay or not. Whether or not they're at, like, you know, a friend's party or a housewarming or, you know, their next-door neighbour's baby's christening <laughs> and you'd meet someone and you're sort of trying to suss it out and you're making eyes with them and you're like, well, I'm not sure, are they, aren't they, are they? You'd drop the term like, oh, hi, how are you? I, you're a friend of Dorothy's, aren't you? And if they were like, sorry, who's Dorothy? <laughs> you knew. Yeah. All right, yep, keep moving along. Whereas if they're like, yes, I am a friend of Dorothy's, you're like, cool, let's go get a drink and um, meet in the cubicle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was how they literally were able to sort of work out because back then, obviously, it was very taboo. Um, not even just taboo, but obviously illegal. So, yeah, it's interesting how that can catch on as well, that it just becomes like common knowledge. If you're not gay, you just wouldn't know that. No, you wouldn't. Code language. It's like Morse code. As you, know, you and I both know, it actually dates back to World War II. And why it came about was because homosexual acts back then were illegal, as you said. But over in London... London, England, Britain, <laughs> they had a similar term, but it was um, friend of Mrs. King. Yes, as in meaning like, the queen. Meaning the yeah. queen, as in like That's you're really a queen. Yeah. queen. yeah, Queen girl. Yeah, it's obviously like a very British specific thing, unlike friend of Dorothy, which really spread. I mean, it has been used in popular culture quite a bit 
that's kind of how I like learned the term. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there are various theories as to where the term originated. There is. The first one is from The Wizard of Oz, either the books or the film, basically the character Dorothy. Yep. Which is what I always just assumed. But there's also a writer called Dorothy Parker. And a lot of people actually think she was originally where the term came from because mm. she kind of preceded The Wizard of Oz film and that sort of success and Judy Garland also. But more on Dorothy Parker later. The Wizard of Oz, though, is seen by many as an allegory for gay life. So Dorothy's friends on the road to Oz are characterized as being outcasts in society who firstly Dorothy accepts without question and also all leave small towns to find new lives in a big, colorful city. Mm-hmm. So firstly, there's the books and there's also the film. Yeah. So yeah, there's kind of gay references in both. There's subtext and there's also like overt kind of... Like before the movie, yeah. there's the sequel to The uh, Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which is The Road to Oz, which came out in 1909. And Glinda, the good witch, lives in a castle with a hundred other women and they all greet each other by <laughs> dancing together and kissing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, right, yeah, this is cool. And then even, like, a reference where one of the travelling companions turns to Dorothy and says, you have some queer friends, Dorothy, to which she replies, the queerness doesn't matter so long as they're friends. Now, this is 1909. (laughs) It's pretty Yeah, there's also in the – there was a comic strip by L. Frank Baum, who's the author, called Queer Visitors from the Marvelous Land of Oz. And there's also a reference in The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the book, not the original, um, one of the sequels, which says, there lived in the land of Oz two queerly made gentlemen, which is, yeah, they really like to throw around the word queer, queer a lot, very, yeah. yeah, which obviously yeah. has the double meaning, but it's interesting, like, with those things, coupled with the stuff in the film, the first biggest one's probably the lion. Absolutely, yeah. he definitely is. <laughs> He's a friend of Dorothy. He yeah. is a friend yeah. of Dorothy, and uh, yeah, that big line of come out, come out wherever you are. The lion calls himself a sissy. and in a song. In song and a dandelion, and then does a little um, limp wrist yes, mannerism. Sad, believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy without the feminine vibe. But I, well, I was watching this documentary called The Celluloid Closet, where it talked about how gay characters were often put in, in films for comic relief, but it doesn't really feel like that with this. It just feels like he's just a, a gay character and no one's really laughing at him for doing a hand gesture and calling himself a sissy. No, just yeah. an extra person on, yeah. the, on, the, on the road to <laughs> yeah. what I think, if it was modern day, they'd literally be on the road to San Francisco. Yeah. And I think that the scarecrow would be a hipster. The lion would be a bear that goes to the lead in Melbourne, which is a bear bar. And the tin man would be something from Sydney. <laughs> something. <laughs> Hello to all of our Sydney listeners. <laughs> Sending you love and kisses. Oh, that's perfect. Well, wouldn't you feel degraded to be seen in the company of a cowardly lion? I would. <laughs> oh, of course not. <laughs> Gee, that's that's awfully nice of you. My life has been simply unbearable. And no one can replace Judy Garland in, as Dorothy. Has anyone tried? Nikki Webster, but let's not go there. <laughs> I wonder if there is such a place, Toto. There must be. 
So there's also the wizard who turns out to be the man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the lion who's pretending to be, like, really courageous but is really a coward. So there's, like, all this kind of closet behaviour. But the movie is even, like, the, the message of the movie is about finding yourself. Yeah, finding yourself, choosing your family. You can have the family that you're born into, but then you can also choose your and create family. your own family. Yeah. And I, I think it's a beautiful message for a two-and-a-half-hour film or two-hour <laughs> film. If I'd already found myself and then I ended up on that yellow brick road, I'd be really pissed off at Glinda. <laughs> you mean I had to click my heels? That's Don't all I had to do. <laughs> tap your heels together three times and think to yourself, there's no and you know, when Glinda is summoning all the munchkins, she literally minces around in that massive pink dress. <laughs> massive dress and that crown. So, so unnecessary. And summons them by saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. Yeah. And Dorothy's like, what the fuck is going on? And there's a field of people coming yeah. out. It's great. <laughs> yeah, which obviously could be a reference to coming out, coming uh, out of the closet. Yeah. Come out, come out, wherever you are. So the effect on gay culture has been quite big. How would you say as a gay man? I mean, it's one of my, it's been one of my favourite films. Oh, huge, huge. I mean, it came out in 1939. Dorothy was obviously the lead character, friend of Dorothy, headed down that yellow brick road, found themselves. But since 1939, it has been, I think, one of the most pivotal films Musically and historically for our community, especially including the theme song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yes, yeah. Which I think every rally that I've been to and march, especially leading up to the legalisation of gay marriage, Somewhere Over the Rainbow has always been dropped. And also the man who designed the rainbow flag, he said he didn't have Somewhere Over the Rainbow in mind, except he is from Kansas and moved to San Francisco and is a gay man. And I just don't believe it. If happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow, why, oh, why can't I? So in linking Dorothy, Wizard of Oz, and friend of Dorothy, is the lady in question herself, the one and only... Judy Garland, and I am too excited to talk and teach you about her tonight, Lenny. You will be teaching me. I believe she is the original gay icon. Oh, um, totally, yep. There's been divas before, sure, yep, no worries, but no one is as pivotal for the 20th century yep. in regards to leading a lot of other female entertainers in becoming gay icons. Get your troubles, come on, get happy, chase your cares away. So I actually read in Daniel Harris's The Rise and Fall of Gay Culture that Judy Garland very much served as a lodestone for gay culture. And during, you know, the 40s, 50s, and especially the 60s, when she would come out on stage, she was, it was almost as if she was singing purely to the gay community. Mm. The gays were apparently always the loudest. Shocking. Yeah. And, you know, they not only listened, but they felt the lyrics of the songs. And that, you know, Judy Garland belonged to them, to every gay guy and girl back then who was in that audience listening. Time magazine in a recent story said that Judy Garland, for some reason, which was not clear to me, attracts a lot of homosexuals in her Oh, I think think that's the most ridiculous thing because I have... 
in my audiences, I have little children who, you know, from uh, seeing the the Wizard of Oz, and I have, uh, strangely enough, now I have many teenagers, and uh, uh, then people my age. But uh, this is an unusual charge. I've never heard level that uh, in describing an audience of. Being well, I I hate, I don't mind, uh, you know, for so many years. Uh, I've been uh, uh, misquoted and, and uh, rather brutally uh, uh, treated by the press, but I'll be damned if I like to have my audience mistreated. It wasn't like a secret or anything that gays. As early as like 1967, people were writing reviews and commenting on the gay men in the audience, often in like a disparaging fashion, but just say how they'd, yeah, just be like overexcited, chattering inanely, roll their eyes, tear their hair and practically levitate from their seats. But also you look at her story. She also was a little bit bisexual. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She toyed with um, men and women. She had a gay husband, Vincent. But she also had another actual gay husband as well. Yes. Yes, who had like a relationship with a man the whole time they were. Before and after they were together. Yes, 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 during the 60s. Gay dad as well. Yes, gay father. Many gay friends. Um, Yeah. Daughter is Liza Minnelli. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's not gay. You just gay icons. No, but like Liza's like another gay icon. Like, start spreading the news. I'm leaving today I've bought a be a part of it New York, New York Judy has classic camp appeal over the top I mean, beautiful singer, obviously Maybe you probably shed more insight than me Because, like, I love that style too But for gay men of a certain time anyway Yes Maybe not as much now, except for maybe you (laughs) (laughs) I'm special (laughs) But, um, no, but it's true though Like, of a certain time, like those sort of female performers, musicals, dancing, like all that sort of stuff is just, yeah, linked to... Oh, golden age gay culture. Yeah. But also, I think with Judy, why she resonated so much with the community back then was she symbolised strength, struggle, mm. and the undying power of love and acceptance because yep. she was pretty much also one of the very first big celebrities that continually had her life publicised in the sense of rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall. She had that many breakdowns. She had marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, pills, drinking, suicide attempts, where she was forced into entertainment by her stage mother at the age of, I think, five or six. She was put onto pet pills by her mother so that she could continually be on her A game. So she was put onto drugs at the age of six. It's, yep. it's horrifying. You know, you then see the downfall. Then, you know, yep. she reinvents herself and she comes back on stage. And that's where she may have had her troubles and her, her messes yeah. and whatever else. But then when she came out on stage and she sang, it was just heavenly. Did you learn anything as a child star yourself in uh, treating your children? Uh, everybody says you were a victim of a stage mother and driving and you've got to be a success. And that's the most important thing in the world in show business. I don't think I liked her well enough to learn anything. I was just scared of her, and uh, I I don't really know whether I uh, subconsciously raised my children uh, uh, the exact 
A few years ago, Lenny, I actually produced a show and performed in it. It's called P.S. and Fabulous. It was all about my five favourite ladies at the stage. And we did this big... Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Performance to it, but before I actually we did this big dance number, I was telling the audience how I sort of related to Judy in regards to her performing and her dance, and how I guess every gay man once in a while turns to Judy in their hour of need. My hour of need, though, was back in 2011. It was a Saturday morning, and I was at brunch with a few girlfriends. Anyway, I'd finished brunch, and I was heading off to my dance class. I'm driving down High Street, Armadale, and I'm listening to Vanessa Carlton's 1,000 Miles, making my way downtown, as you know, and um, get to the lights, and I'm sitting there, and I could feel some gas kind of building up. And Lenny, you know that, like, once in a while, you're just like, you know what, I'll just assist it, and I'll just... Let it pass. Anyway, so I did. I keep moving on to like the next street and I get to the corner of High Street and Williams and I'm sitting there at the lights and my car started to sort of get a little bit iffy. And I'm having a look around. I'm looking up and down. I'm thinking, what the fuck is that smell? And I've sort of, I've checked the fans and the the radiator and I'm like, no. And I wound down the window and I'm like, nothing there. So I wound the back up and I'm still hovering and I'm like, what the fuck is that smell? And I look down and there between my legs was my breakfast from about an hour earlier. My ballet tights are acting like a coffee filter between me and my materialised chairs. So I'm sitting in the car thinking, what the fuck? I'm, I'm 23 years old and I've just shit myself in High Street Armadale. So I pull over the car and I'm just like, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting there. So I'm sitting in the car in my own shit. And I lean over and I open up the glove compartment and I pull out Judy Garland's Greatest Hits album. And I'm kind of crying. And I put the album in. And I go through some of the songs, you know, the emotions of, you know, that's entertainment yep. and embrace me, thinking, you know, no one's ever going to fucking touch me. Maybe not after this story anyway. <laughs> and then Somewhere Over the Rainbow came on. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? I can either drive to my dad's place, which is 10 minutes away in Elstonwick, but then I'd have to admit to him <laughs> what's happened in the car. And he's going to be like, what did you do last night? Or I could drive the 40 minutes home to my mother's place. And that's what I decided to do. Blasting somewhere over the rainbow, <laughs> knowing that Judy was there with me, guiding me and looking after me as a 23-year-old sitting in his car. But thank you, Judy. The night is bitter. The stars have lost their glitter. The winds grow colder. Suddenly you're older. 
Wendy, sometimes I feel that I have the taste of a gay man, or I'm inside me is a gay man. It's okay to say that because I'm a lesbian, I'm not a straight, <laughs> straight woman. Do you know where you're going with that? <laughs> because, like, my whole life, like, from a young age, just obsessed with so many gay icons, mm-hmm. musicals, certain songs, certain genre, disco, love camp, love melodrama. I and accept I- you for who you are, Lenny. <laughs> Yeah, and I just, I think it's funny. I think it's great. Yeah, oh, I love it too. But yeah, I know for me, it's just like feel good. I love over the top, like mm-hmm. acting, singing, anything that's kind of like positive sort of music. Yeah, disco just always makes me feel amazing. Okay, you definitely um, need to come to my Saturday morning Broadway class. Oh, yeah. Plugged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to do a bit of dancing when I was younger, but didn't really pursue that. Yeah. But, um,. It's funny that you say that, Lenny, that, you know, you think that you might be a gay man in a girl's body, because I swear to God, I reckon Judy Garland might have been as well, and that's why she was so popular. <laughs> yes, yeah. so similar. Well, back in the 50s, she and Frank Sinatra used to hook up, apparently. This is according to Gerald Clark's Get Happy, The Life of Judy Garland, but he never wanted to have sex with her, just oral. And also, on page 381 for any of our <laughs> listeners and readers, one ugly-minded lover bragged that after she gave him oral sex, for example, he made her sing over the rainbow so he could hear those famous words sung through a mouthful of his own singing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Judy Garland, so I adore you. <laughs> if it's true, it's great. <laughs> so one last thing on Judy Garland before we move on. A lot of people have said that when Judy Garland died, the gays were so... Well, a specific set of gays that were in the Stonewall Inn were so distraught that that actually fueled the Stonewall riots. There was because Judy passed away um, and her funeral was around June 27th, 1969, yep. died of an do- overdose. It was, yeah, in the early hours of June 28, 1969, that yep. the Stonewall riots or the uprising as it was also known, came about. But there was a number of mourners that had been to her memorial during the 27th that were at the Stonewall. But then there were also already a number of activists that some weren't interested in Judy. And I think it was between emotions of both the activists leading for change and then also the Judy mourners, between emotions and a bit of probably booze fueling it. It it came about because, I mean, raids were so common back then on gay bars Mm. that um, they continually happened. But it was this night in particular that our community decided to fight back and they fought back for a good damn six days. I read it in a couple of sources that, oh, there's no way that this is possible. Like, the people that frequented the bars wouldn't have been fans. They had, like, bigger problems, which I think is ridiculous because most of those people would have seen The Wizard of Oz and just because you're, like, living in poverty or, I don't know, maligned in society doesn't mean that you don't still have duty. Oh, but (laughs) just because you're an activist doesn't mean you're, like, you don't like duty or just because you love golden age of Hollywood doesn't mean that you're not an activist. And Judy Garland's other daughter, Lorna Luft, was actually interviewed and she said that her mother was a huge, huge advocate for human rights and that those riots would have made her proud. I carry that historic event through the legacy of my family. And my mother would have loved the fact that people fought back because she hated bigotry and she hated injustice. 
So Dorothy Parker was an American poet, writer, and satirist um, who once said, heterosexuality is not normal, it's just common. Um, she was the original friend of the gays, it seems. She really yeah. was. Her husband was a, a little bit queer. <laughs> Again, yes, as queer as a billy goat, Mm -hmm. apparently, which I assume is very. And random fact, but she also co-wrote A Star is Born, which is an iconic gay film, which Judy actually starred in the remake of, and I knew you were dying to say that. Damn it, lady. I mean, it's in that. That is not your pop culture (laughs) reference to do. um, It's so interesting, that film. I don't know the original actress, but Judy Garland, Barbara Barbara Streisand, Streisand, and Lady Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Queens of gay culture. Because it was originally... Originally, 1939 was the yeah, original film, and I can't remember. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. And the... then it was Judy Garland, 53. Yeah. Then it was Barbara in, I think, <laughs> a early 80s. I think it was 81 yep. or so. And now Lady Gaga in 2018. <laughs> That's great. But so, Dorothy yes, Parker Dorothy. would always host fabulous soirees and invite a whole gaggle of gays. <laughs> Yeah, and that was back in the, like, 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. yeah. Dorothy Parker actually predates the other Dorothy, mm-hmm. who is Judy Garland. Maybe more likely that the phrase did derive from her because she was a defender of human civil rights and was an activist. Held some great parties. Yeah, held great parties, gay friends, gay husband. But it may be the case that, like, that was the original usage and then people just continued to use it thinking maybe Dorothy Gale. I don't know. Dorothy Parker would have definitely, it would have been quite niche. And yeah. then I think, yeah, that saying would have got more popular. And then Dorothy. Exactly, because that was just like New York City. Yeah. Exploded. Most people aren't likely to be in touch with this like writer in New York City in the 1920s. It wasn't like today where everyone knows about this one kind of small activist or writer. It's really quite funny though, because in the 80s, the term friend of Dorothy, it came back a little bit because the um, Naval Investigation Service was doing a huge investigation in regards to homosexuality within the Navy in Chicago. And they had heard, Lenny, that there was apparently a Dorothy who was recruiting and was pretty much the ringmaster <laughs> of all the gays in the in the community. So they went on this massive hunt for Dorothy, not realising that it was a saying and not a person. Yeah, I don't know how they didn't put two and two together. It seems so obvious. Like, interview, and they were are, sending, are you a friend of Dorothy's? Who is were, Dorothy? Where is she? They were sending servicemen into shoes? gay bars to, like, get info. <laughs> on Dorothy? Like they were, where are her headquarters? Yeah. <laughs> Like, and gay men, you know, try, I mean, I suppose they were, look, maybe they were looking for, like, gay men, getting info on, you know, gayness, and looking for Dorothy to see if look, anyone knew you've her. you've just got to go down a yellow road. Head down a yellow road, look for some red shoes and buy yourself a clue. As reported in Conduct Unbecoming, Gays and Lesbians in the U.S. Military by Randy Schultz, the U.S. Navy spent a considerable amount of money sending investigators to gay bars in the Chicago area to try to discover these gay sailors. During these trips, investigators noted that many gay men in the area identified themselves as friends of Dorothy. The intelligence service deduced that Dorothy must be the woman that functioned as a sort of information hub that gay men could use to find other gay men. If they could only find her, they figured they could convince her to talk. It's truly amazing that a phrase that had existed for so long that they could just be completely unaware of its meaning. It is amazing, but it's also not. Totally. I mean, yeah, the whole the whole reason they were looking for that is so they could kick these people out of the army. Yeah. So, yeah. Very narrow-minded in yeah. regards to who is this one woman. Yeah. It's a hilarious story <laughs> uh, in hindsight. So good. I just sort of think of the money that they would have wasted. I know. <laughs> and the time. Also happening in the 80s on the sea. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> um, several cruise lines. Shocking. What? Cruise lines? This is new. <laughs> Not cruising. So, like, lots of passengers were approaching staff, asking if there were any, like, gay-friendly events happening. This is um, predates Grinder and Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what happened was certain cruise lines that were a bit more open-minded or cruise directors that were open-minded decided to publish lists called Meetings of the Friends of Dorothy. And it would just list the, yeah, the gay-friendly, I don't know, meetings or groups or activities that they kind of had on. Which is, which is nice. Providing almost like a safe space or just an easy yeah. way to Again, network and socialise. Yeah, no one's going to know that you're gay. So, like, no one's going to go to those meetings. Well, maybe they would. I don't know. Well, I mean, they would. <laughs> I, I don't think they probably would have if they yeah. were doing a naval search investigation <laughs> no. into who Dorothy so, is. The first time I heard this phrase was actually in Clueless, where the character Murray calls the gay character Christian, who Cher has no idea is gay, apparently. He calls him a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. Yo, look, are you bitches blind or something? Your man Christian is a cake boy. A what? He's a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. Know what I'm saying? Uh-uh, no A few way. years later, though, yeah. it was also used in Veronica Mars, where um, one of the characters, Wallace, turns around to Lamb after they've had a discussion about this, that and the other, and um, tells him that he's a true friend of Dorothy. And in Arrested Development, where Tobias Funke, there's lo- like a lot of gags about him being gay, and we'll definitely reference him in other episodes, but he inadvertently causes one of the inmates while he's in prison to commit suicide and someone exclaims the wicked witch is dead all held dorothy and then someone later identifies himself as a friend of dorothy so it's kind of just like a funny double double entendre that he is gay and yep. also yeah and you know in 1981 john lennon released a song called she's a friend of dorothy yeah i never knew this i never knew this until about a, a week ago you're just p- listening to John Lennon and by accident it's the song Casually listening came on. to John yep. Lennon and some Yoko Ono classics because <laughs> it's very peaceful. It's yep. what I sleep to is Yoko Ono <laughs> screaming into a microphone. Um, no, but John, John Lennon's lyrics, it's written because I researched it, and one of the lyrics is, you know, come to the underground, sure know her way around, queen of the discotheque, chic of arabesque, France jeans and nasty boots. Like, it goes on. It's very much a song, as I read through it, about, you know, she knows who she is, she is what she is, she owns it. also came across, lastly, this little short film on YouTube from 1994 called Friend of Dorothy. And it's about a guy who graduates from high school and moves to the big city, New York. It literally only goes for 20 minutes, but he moves to New York and um, his roommate, he actually eventually kind of starts falling in love with. And the night before his roommate moves away because he's graduated college, they finally sort of reveal their feelings to each other with just, you know, a gentle touch. And the roommate turns around and he's like, I knew you were a friend of Dorothy's and then they get together oh it's really cute there's no one in it that I know but for 20 minutes I was like this is really kind of sweet so thanks for tuning in to this episode of Friend of Dorothy. Oh, it's been a hoot, Lenny. Yeah, it's been great. It's been an absolute hoot. You can subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us at, at Word of the Gay on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and join the Word of the Gay Facebook group. Lenny, it's been an absolute hoot, as I've said so many times tonight. <laughs> and Judy Garland, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah. Love you, Judy. See you next week, darling. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 